Natalia, thank you for downloading the latest episode of the Indian Startup Show. So today I speak to Dr. Geetha Menajath. She's the co-founder and CEO of Neuromite. It's a startup developing a novel breast cancer screening solution. Uh, breast cancer is the largest killer for women today. So in this episode, we talk about what inspired her to do this and how it actually works. Uh, she explains the business model and how they plan to scale. Uh, she also shares her thoughts, getting to grips with machine learning and AI, uh, the reaction of the health industry, what it's like being a first-time founder and dealing with sceptical doctors, and much, much more. So please enjoy the show. Thank you. Hello, Gita. Uh, thank you for coming on the show today. Hi, Neil. Thanks for inviting us for your show. Excellent. Uh, please tell the listeners uh, what you're building, please. Sure. Um, at Niramai, uh, we are trying to build a new solution for breast cancer screening, mm-hmm. which can help uh, all women to detect early stage breast cancer. Mm-hmm in a completely privacy-aware manner. Uh, As you probably know, breast cancer is the largest cancer killer in women today. And uh, less than 2% of women actually go uh, cancer screening as a preventive mechanism. Mm -hmm. So uh, really, uh, you know, we need a solution which can be affordable, accessible, and uh, acceptable by women. Uh, And and we are trying to build such a solution. Mm -hmm. And what inspired you to do this? Actually... From a technology perspective, we were looking at, you know, how can machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, be used for medical imaging to provide uh, non-invasive health diagnostics or monitoring. While uh, looking and working on this problem, uh, there were a few breast cancer cases very close to my, uh, you know, uh, my family, uh, a few of my cousins. And I was seeing how uh, they were suffering. And another data point came in that there was this technology called thermography, which people had tried before, but uh, because of accuracy limitations, it was not uh, being used regularly. So there was uh, an internal motivation to solve this problem. And uh, and also uh, the technology uh, was maturing. Mm-hmm. And we thought it's the right time to create this solution uh, for for the people. And how, how long have you been doing this for? And you know, can you share some stats? Uh, you know, how, how many people are using it? Sure. Um, we started uh, this particular project uh, three years ago, uh, where we were just looking at uh, the image uh, analytics algorithms, uh, AI and ML, uh, you know, uh, approaches uh, to solve this problem. Um, but commercialization, uh, just about a year old, and uh, so now we have three commercial installations and. Uh, we have tried it on over uh, 700 uh, patient data now. Excellent. Okay. And is that what and, you expe- uh, is that what you expected when you first launched the product? No, actually, we thought it could be very difficult because initial three years we were able to only try it on about uh, 300 patients' data, and uh, within three months of our launching on the commercial, we actually outnumbered uh, what we had done in three years. So. Um, we feel we have actually done much more than what we thought we will be able to do, mm-hmm. uh, get to the people and so on. The response from the community has been really good. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, uh, actually also done a lot of outreach programs, gone to corporate houses, conducted screening camps within their offices, uh, gone to rural areas to conduct free screening camps to these people who don't have access to health facilities at all. So the response has been amazing. And I, I think even the number looks small it's, it's in just over three to four months and so it's very exciting for us mm-hmm. okay so you mentioned machine learning uh just for those people who don't understand what that is if you could just explain that please 
Machine learning is a method of using mathematics in the form of probability theories, statistics, and so on, in order to solve a real problem where just human uh, uh, you know, intelligence is not sufficient, right? You need the huge computational power of the computers to help and uh, uh, learn how a decision process is made. Simplistically, one of the ways of using machine learning is to do, let's say, a classification or a diagnosis of, let's say, cancer. Mm -hmm. So here what we do is we try to learn a probability model which represents a human brain or an expert doctor's brain, roughly, mm -hmm. right? So what we do is we have what's called as a training set where we have a bunch of uh, patients' data with the result that the doctor had earlier prescribed. That is whether she's cancerous or not. And then we use this historical data to build this mathematical model, which now will be ready to predict for a new patient whether she is uh, malignant or not using what's called as features and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The good part is because it's a computing environment, the machine learning algorithm can look at lots of data points. For example, for thermal scanning and breast cancer screening in Niramai, we use 400,000 temperature values of the chest of a single lady, mm -hmm. which is a humongous, huge cognitive overload for a doctor to stare at, right? And make a, a, a you know, diagnosis. So leveraging the earlier efforts and the and diagnosis that the doctors have made, we learn a model, which will now be a major uh, you know, as a tool for the doctor to make the final decision or in some cases can also try to um, replace the doctor to some extent, yeah. Mm -hmm. where, where did you learn all this then? Yeah, I have a PhD in data analytics and machine learning from Indian Institute of Science and uh, I've actually worked on many problems where ML has been used um, being part of the research uh, um, organizations for the last 25 years. Um, having said that, machine learning is a new new uh, science that has developed over the last probably eight to 10 years max and uh, have had the opportunity to go back to school mm -hmm. and learn some of these models, uh, you know, uh, from um, stalwarts, uh, from professors of ISC and other places. So, uh, and, and then work with very smart engineers in my team and researchers in my team to actually try it out on real problems, mm -hmm. you know, giving us the confidence that uh, we are ready to solve a very, very important problem in in, in life today, which is breast cancer. Mm -hmm. what, what, what is the state of machine learning in India then, would you say? Machine learning is not really a geography dependent thing. Um, I would say that, you know, let's say five, five to eight years back, uh, the techniques that were that were being used uh, were not, uh, you know, proven enough. Um, not having good uh, confidence in the results of ML and so on, ML algorithms, um, because machine learning requires uh, a good amount of data to train, so that you know it can actually uh, mimic or kind of reproduce a human's brain, as as I mentioned. So now you're seeing a lot of digitization happening everywhere. Uh, for example, even in healthcare, you see a lot of hospitals going in for EMRs, electronic medical records, and other kind of digital data, which can be fed into the algorithm to perform better and better. So I think now it is ripe enough to be tried on real, um, you know, critical problems. And uh, we are happy to be in that era where we're just making a transition from, it will have been good 
to try to actually can be tried, you know, mm-hmm. that that uh, transition of making ML real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so if someone's listening and they want to get into machine learning, um, you know, how, what advice would you give them? I would say go back and brush up your maths, yeah, okay. which, uh, you know, we generally, you know, uh, forget in high school and so on. Yeah. And I would also say it's not so hard, you know, uh, go through some of the, uh, let's say, Coursera courses that's available. Some of, And most importantly, try it out hands on. Mm-hmm. Download some data sets that are available. Try out some uh, applied ML kind of algorithms. Try out things on problems. Uh, try out these algorithms on problems that are close to you, right? You know, you have access to data. Try to think about what can I predict, which I don't know about this, and try to formulate it as a machine learning problem. And there are several tools today and, and many languages can be used for actually programming in, uh, and using machine learning algorithms. Could be Python, uh, you know, R, Scala, MATLAB, Java, C, whatever is the language of your choice. Just go ahead and do it. But please make your hands dirty. You know? <laughs> Otherwise, all the inputs. Excellent. And how we going back to Niramai then? How, how does it work? Uh, can you explain how, how it works? Sure. So from an end user perspective, uh, the experience is very simple. The lady comes into our uh, center. Uh, it's a very small room, and and she just sort of made me to kind of uh, relax for five minutes, and then uh, she goes in front of our uh, thermal sensing device. This is uh, also called a thermal camera, which captures the temperature from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it looks, uh, you know, it's like a small camera sitting on a tripod, mm-hmm. three feet from the patient. So the patient sits on a chair, the camera or the thermal sensing device uh, measures the temperature on the chest. The lady is asked to sort of move a bit in the chair, that's it. And uh, while doing so, nobody touches her or even sees her. There's a screen uh, where she's just given instructions to sit, uh, sit on the chair and we take the images and that's it. All the analysis is done in our software, which is hosted in the cloud. Mm-hmm. That's it. So just sit. And I, I call this as a five-step dance process. Sit in front, turn to the left, turn right. That's it. Yeah. So. Okay. Excellent. Um, I mean, how accurate is it then, would you say? Uh, fortunately for us, uh, in, in the amount of testing that we've done, we've got really uh, good results uh, uh, you know, in upper 90s. And... Uh, we're really hopeful that we'll be able to maintain that level of accuracy uh, at what you call a sensitivity and specificity, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when we actually go on really, really large number of cases. Um, by far, cancer detection is a very hard problem. Uh, even the current techniques are not, you know, they're no better than 80, 85%. There's so many women who cannot undergo, let's say, mammography because of density uh, of the breast and so on. So compared to all this, uh, doctors say that, you know, we are very, very far ahead in accuracy and sort of, you know, it's extremely promising technology. So what's been the reaction of the, the health industry uh, to, to, to what you're doing then? Uh, we've had uh, a couple of mixed kind of reactions. Uh, uh, the first uh, reaction is, yeah, this is really, really promising and you are on a very good track. So that's a uniform response we get. Mm-hmm. Some of the healthcare specialists are like, you know, very willing to try this out because thermography as such is already an adjunct uh, breast cancer screening modality. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it's approved by FDA as an adjunct modality. So um, a couple of hospitals are very much open to actually install this and try this thing out or trying this out in their hospitals and diagnostic centers. In fact, not couple. We have uh, uh, quite a few of them interested in doing this. 
and there are a few hospitals uh, who are interested in doing as a informal trial mm-hmm. comparing our results with their mammography and ultrasound uh, um tests and then converting it into an on uh, actual deployment and, and we are open to both we are open to doing evaluation trials we are open to doing screening camps for them and then get their confidence and get our own confidence that this is working fine uh increased one and then uh, uh try this out but uh, there are also a small pocket of them who are uh, a little skeptical they want to see like maybe a couple of thousands uh, to be done and then they will be adopting how how does that make you feel then that the people who are skeptical uh yeah so actually most doctors uh, are slightly uh not as uh, accepting technology as let's say a customer care person or a transportation person mm-hmm. rightly so because it's a very very important problem and they are making an extremely important decision and we are talking about cancer so it's it's about life right life and death situation mm-hmm. so we definitely uh, understand uh, the why they're skeptic and and why why the, those questions are being asked and we share the uh the current uh, approaches and the most important thing is because ours is absolutely has no side effect that is it's extremely safe we are not using x rays we are not using radiation we just measuring the temperature it's completely non invasive when we actually go into the lot of details they say yeah of course you can do this as another test mm-hmm. and then when they see the results they say yeah of course this can possibly used as a main line test so we see them getting converted from skepticism to yes and sort of come and do it so I, we like that journey of moving mm-hmm. so we don't get deterred by the initial questions but we like the journey of moving from we, we always say like minus 1000 to plus 100 mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. that kind of sentiment yeah excellent so in the next 2 or 3 years then what would you say your like aims and objectives uh definitely we would like to uh deploy this in a few more locations uh, first in india um provide this solution for many many more women uh, through uh, outreach programs the screening camps that we do inside corporates as well as uh, um, rural areas and uh, maybe um, in the next year or so we will actually go for uh, further regulatory approval that may be needed for going outside india as well mm-hmm. Actually um what would you what in your opinion what would healthcare look like in 50 years time then will it be all like ai uh, machine learning you know what's your opinion yeah i mean there are many things that we can think about uh, first aspect is definitely ai and ml is going to play um, a good role much better role than what where we are today um while it, we will definitely need doctors to be mediating for several of their uh, one expertise another is uh, the trust factor that they bring in with the patients and so on mm-hmm. the ai ml tools will be um, ai ml algorithms will be excellent tools and friends of these doctors to help them increase their productivity and help them make very minimal errors because doctors are also human right and and at some point in time you know they're also making little bit of a guesswork because there's so much data that's out there so this ml tool can help the doctors really uh, assimilate the huge amount of data that will be available more uh, uh, more sensing devices will be available at that time so there's more data more confusion for the doctors so the, these tools will be excellent friends 
probably doctors uh, will be in a situation that they will not be able to make diagnosis without these tools, right? They forget they're like, you know, oh, where's my tool? Without that, I can't figure out, right? So probably that's a situation that will come in. The second aspect is about what is called as precision medicine. That is, every person will have different type of uh, treatment. Right now, it's a, like, you know, three or four treatment options and uh, a patient comes in, it's either one of the three, right? It will be very customized and personalized medicine for each of them. And again, these tools will help in making that decision, treatment planning. And third part is, I think, uh, end users um, would be more empowered with uh, tools which can use for wellness, right? So that, uh, you know, these are there are several variables, you know, you can measure your heart rate when you're walking. You can measure, of course, your temperature, your, your BP and all of those things, right? So these, be- these probably will become a common thing and people will know exactly when to go to the hospital. They will actually have this preventive or uh, predictive analytics helping them to, to get to preventive uh, healthcare, right? So hopefully people will be much more healthier and happier because of ML. Healthy and happy. In 50 years. Yeah, definitely. Healthy and happier, definitely. <laughs> um, what, excites you, what, what excites you most about this startup then? Uh, actually, we are really, really fortunate to be uh, part of this company, uh, in my, uh, leading this company, which has a huge potential of making a difference in the life of women. And uh, this what excites me a lot is that it's a very interesting problem. Uh, there's a huge business potential and a huge social impact that uh, that this uh, technology can provide. So I think uh, this combination that's there uh, is, is so very exciting. But of course, the primary one is when you actually find a lady who wouldn't have gone to a hospital and you're saying, ma'am, you really require to go to the hospital tomorrow. Otherwise, you want to lose your life. Mm-hmm. And we've done that. You know, we've done a screening camp with 20 people and like two of them, we say, you definitely need to go to the next test, right? Mm-hmm. And that the level of satisfaction that comes in when your algorithm is going to help somebody live longer, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it keeps keeps us going quite a bit. So are you is this a profit profitable company or is this a non-profit company what's the yeah. what's the business model sure, sure. so we have uh, two business models right now uh, one is a solution into an hardware software solution that we deliver to uh, diagnostic centers and hospitals uh, here uh, uh, we give uh, the solution either um, you know for three year licensing or a subscription revenue that is we charge uh, the hospital per transaction it's a revenue share per transaction the second business model is mainly to reach the reach the bottom of the pyramid or people who don't have time to come to the hospital mm-hmm. these are through screening camps so we partner with ngos and uh, you know um, preventive uh, screening uh, organizations uh, to provide and lease out this solution on a daily basis uh, to people who want to conduct screening camps, uh, you know, they can contact us and they don't have to buy the solution full-fledged, but they just have, they can lease it out uh, for a very small amount per per day. Um, how, how are you actually attracting customers to this, this to this device? You know, how, how do you spread the word? Yeah, today, uh, thanks to media, um, you know, uh, we were uh, featuring in Forbes, Economic Times, Times of India, and of course, now your uh, uh, channel as well. Uh, so that and that is giving us uh, quite a few uh, inward leads uh, on our uh, website. 
um uh, we also proactively contact our top hospitals in different uh, states uh, to reach out to really top colleges to learn from them uh, you know any any corrections we have to make on the course and so on and so forth so there's both reach out uh, personally to uh, specialists as well as a uh, lot of inward leads that are coming in um as an ai ml problem as a technology problem it's a very interesting problem that we are working on so we get invited to give talks in different conferences that's also a way of uh, reaching out um and uh, the screening camps and word of mouth is 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 amazing right you know when a lady comes in she actually brings uh, for the next camp a lot more people because she really loves the experience where she's going through a, a very very private kind of a screening for a very very private experience right that's breast cancer screening where she doesn't have to see anybody while doing so she actually sort of also brings in a lot more of her friends next time uh you know when we conduct the screening camp so all of these have helped us so far mm-hmm. um hopefully we'll be able to scale out and scale up this uh, quite a bit in the next uh, few months and years so through some partnerships yeah it seems to be going well um let's talk about you then uh like what's your background yeah i'm a techie at heart uh, i did my uh, masters uh, and uh, phd from indian institute of science which is one of the premier institutes known for research mm-hmm. um in fact uh, i did my masters and joined uh, uh one of the first research uh, centers in uh, india which is developing the first supercomputer from india it's called cdac mm-hmm. then after about 7 years i was the first member of hewlett packard uh, research lab in india then uh, i was in uh, in in hp labs uh, for about 17 years uh, trying to do some really cool stuff cutting edge technologies uh, in um, cloud distributed computing um you know pervasive computing what's called as iot and uh, data analytics uh, also quite a bit semantics and so on and that's when i did my phd in parallel and uh, after that i was heading the data analytics research uh, lab in xerox for four years and uh, that's where i you know i got to work on uh, work with really smart team uh, researchers and uh, really build solutions which could be piloted on uh, uh, in in india and other places and and that's where we actually started off working in this uh, area of breast cancer screening through uh, ml on imaging as well and uh, now i am here uh, you know the last one year working uh, and learning a lot uh, you know being the ceo of uh, niramai mm-hmm. what what's it like being a ceo then uh, it's a lot of learning and it's very exciting uh, and also uh, inside a research organization you get to do all good stuff you know um you know you get to work on uh, novel things and you can do pilots and so on but the kind of independence gives you the speed mm-hmm. the acceleration that's needed to make things happen you know you don't have to uh, wait for a long chain of approvals before making a small decision so this kind of you know power empowerment uh, to move very quickly is is very exciting me and my partner nidhi kind of you know we bonds off a lot of ideas we have wonderful investors who have been giving us uh, you know advice on the right direction so with that we just sort of move very quickly and i can't even imagine within like 4 to 5 months we had like three fully commercially deployed solution many 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 users using it so it's 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 been possible only because uh, it's a separate startup and yeah excellent so we have a lot of listeners um who want to start their own company uh, what what advice would you give them do it mm-hmm. if you're passionate about something instead of uh, depending on somebody else to make it real 
you do it. Jump off, nothing to worry. If you believe that this technology will work, uh, you will go all out to make it work. And keep the passion and uh, solve any hurdle that comes, keeping the intent in mind and be open to comments from others. But please do it. If you are passionate about something, make it happen by doing it. What should first-time founders be focusing on? I think uh, uh, I, I was a first-time founder. Uh, I am here. Um, but I've had the opportunity of working uh, and seeing very closely how my um, husband's uh, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurship went over the last three, four years, right? So uh, watch uh, other people. Um, you know, I think if you, if you decide to do be a, a startup founder, think about what are the things that you need to learn. You can you know, talk to people who have done this well before. Uh, you know, um, one is learn from their mistakes. And also, you know, there's a uh, be ready to learn a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And be ready to uh, make decisions uh, very quickly with a little bit of unknown parameters, but open to comments and open to advice. Make your decision. Mm-hmm. That's and it is it is it is not difficult. Um, is all I would say. That, but be ready to be learning every day. Mm-hmm. What's the one main quality that entrepreneurs should have? Self-driving, self-driven, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're not asking somebody else to tell you what to do today or what to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Being self-motivated to solve the problem, not being uh, deterred by the hurdles and the problems that you see, not being awed by the huge uh, amount of work that's lying out there trying to solve one thing at a time and then moving forward. So multitasking also is very important. But being determined to solve the problem, what come may, is very important, I think. Excellent. Last few questions then. Um, How do you go about scaling this business then? Right. Uh, So we are looking at multiple uh, options. Uh, So one is uh, our technology solution is already cloud-hosted. It is a SaaS model. So, uh, you know, the... The software part is taken care of. Uh, from on the foot, um, right now we are doing all direct sales uh, because uh, we would like to very closely work with the hospitals and the experts in the uh, hospital to to make sure that the solution is given the right quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the for example, the data collection does not have any errors, and the people are trained well to actually address any questions that may come in by the patients and so on. Um, slowly, we will probably we will move into some kind of an indirect mode. Uh, we will uh, probably have some kind of a certification mechanism to ensure that the um, service is delivered with high quality, even if it is an indirect uh, uh, channel and so on and so forth. Uh, we are also open to licensing, uh, especially for international. Uh, you know, if uh, let's say um, thermal camera vendor wants to provide this as an additional solution, we are open to that uh, for scaling up as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. If, if someone's listening to this and they want to do a health startup, what advice would you give them? It's a long journey. Don't expect to uh, have the results or, you know, uh, very, very uh, quickly, like let's say an e-commerce startup or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because regulatory clearance is very, very important. Uh, in our case, it was, uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, you, I would say think about it because in our case, we did have an FDA approved thing and we're using expert doctors and making sure the regulatory approval uh, is, is there while we're doing so. So um, proving something in a health tech or health, health tech industry uh, is, is a long gestation period uh, because of the regulatory needs. And every country will have their own regulatory uh, requirements. So make sure you don't, uh, uh, you know, um, bypass any of those. But uh, uh, 
but i would just say that it's the most wonderful industry to do a startup in because it's not just going to make money or uh, you know make your technology work but it's going to sort of give you so much of satisfaction when you're making a difference to somebody's health and making them happy and healthier and, and so on so i think uh, uh, it's it's a wonderful um, um, domain to be in but keep the patience mm-hmm. so. keep the patience exactly um okay last question uh, for people who want more information on you and your work what yeah. must they do <clears throat> Yeah please come to niramai.com n i r a m a i.com we are also on facebook and uh, twitter please follow us and uh, we will uh, keep you posted on all the exciting stuff that we are doing excellent geeta thank you for coming on the show today thanks a lot neil uh, it was wonderful talking to you and talking to your audience excellent thank you Cheers. thanks thank you Thanks to Geeta for coming on the show today. Uh, thanks for listening and subscribing. If you like the show, please leave a comment in iTunes. Uh, thank you for supporting this podcast. Since launching, we have had over 200,000 total downloads. And that should be about it. Sweet. If you want to come on the show, send me an email, hello at neopatel.ca or tweet at indianstartupfh. Or please go to facebook.com forward slash indianstartupshow. Thank you and goodbye.